Okay, test, test. Okay, this will be Kinsella on Liberty Podcast number, I don't know, 209 or 210. We'll see. Um, we haven't even talked about the format. So this is my friend Sandy Seth. Say hello. Hi, everybody. Okay, so um, Sandy's a fellow patent lawyer here in Houston, and uh, we, we were talking a little IP policy the other day, so we decided to just chat about it. Usually when I talk um, on these podcasts, I'm being interviewed, or I'm talking to a libertarian audience, or I'm trying to debate one of the few libertarians who still hasn't come around to my way of looking at things. Uh, <laughs> most libertarians nowadays, and as you know, libertarianism is a, a theory of radical, limited government or no government, and maximum individual rights and pro-property rights. And most libertarians now are totally opposed to intellectual property law. Okay, They think patent and copyright – let's just talk about patent and copyright. They think patent and copyright should be totally abolished. Okay. Now, you're a practicing patent lawyer, as am I, so um, so you have some different views on this. Now, the way I think we need to talk about it is from the point of view of just from a common sense regular guy who's not a libertarian like you, right? What's your political kind of leaning? I don't know. I consider myself kind of an independent probably with democratic leaning. Okay. Politically. <coughs> Politically. Okay. But you believe basically in decency and justice and <laughs> property rights and due process and fairness and those kinds of things, right? I do, and, 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 and even more so, I believe that you know, we've come together as a people um, to form uh, this union, right? this political experiment. And uh, what we are, in my view, trying to do, if we have any government whatsoever, is to maximize liberty Okay. Within the within the confines of you know balancing competing interests, protecting people from one another, right, and uh, in that way enhancing uh, our freedom, and um, and so I'm very curious about uh, libertarian thinking. Um, but so my view on IP is not really. Uh, I don't think you have to be a libertarian to think this way, although it's complementary. Um, on the narrow topic of, of IP, and we could talk about libertarianism someday if you wanted to, but um, um, in general, would you agree that the way to approach these matters, if we have a, di a disagreement or a question or a dispute about a given type of law that exists, the basic question is, is the law a good law? Is it a fair law? Is it a justified law? Right? That's the basic question. If someone says this is a law, I think this should be a law, I think it shouldn't be a law, or whatever, the law should be changed. Our basic question is, is it a just law? Is yeah, it... I think that's fine. Okay. I think that's fine. And and I have a question as well, whenever it's Go ahead. appropriate. Well, I mean, <clears throat> so I think my question is, uh, what freedom that is it that you want? Let's use copyright, for example. What freedom is it that you want that you don't have right now? Well, okay. We can jump into it. I mean I want the freedom to use whatever information I have available to me in whatever way I see fit. Okay. That's the freedom you want. Yeah, in terms of copyright. I want the freedom to uh, – if I want to uh, go make a Star Wars movie with my ideas in it, I want the freedom to do that. If I want to write a sequel to a novel that someone else wrote, I want the freedom to do that. If I want to have a long quote of a uh, um, uh, a 10-page excerpt, a quote from someone's book in my book to illustrate something, I want the freedom to do that. 
Um, I want the freedom to post a YouTube video online with my baby dancing with, um, with um, Beyonce playing something in the background without the YouTube video getting taken down. Okay. So you give. I want, I want to be able to copy papers, um, you know, all these academic papers, and share them with people without being threatened with jail. That's just an example. Okay. I want the internet to remain free and open because the internet's an important tool for freedom. And the internet's being threatened by government laws designed to prevent piracy, right? Like SOPA and the Trans Pacific Partnership, things like that. Sure. I don't. I don't think you have the right to stop people from. Look, if you, to, to my mind, information is information. There's no objective way to distinguish one type of information from the other. So if I teach you something, if I teach you how to sing, if I teach you the alphabet, if I teach you what the constellations look like, I've imparted information to you. You've learned it from me. Mm-hmm. You also might learn from me by observing me. I might be an auto mechanic, and you see how I fix an engine. You observe me. You've learned how to do that. I might start a new business, a new pizza joint, and you see how I do it and that I attract customers, and you learn from that, and you might compete with me. All those things are ways of learning things about the world, and once you learn information, you should be free to use that information however you see fit. Copyright takes a narrow slice of the type of information in the world and says that you cannot use it even if you have it. Even if someone has made the information public, which you do when you publish a book. When you publish a book, you're telling the entire world, hey, here's my ideas. But you can't use them in certain ways. Well, this is where I see, and this is where I feel like I'm glad we're talking today because I sort of don't follow too much of this libertarian thinking. But I have seen some posts. You know, we talked in some posts and um, had had a few debates. And you know, I think my issue is that we should always be fine tuning. We should always be improving. Uh, in a way that maximizes freedom, but we're not. But you're talking about an eradication completely. Yep. Well, you have right? to know. You have to know so, what your ultimate end goal is to know just, which way, which direction you're going. Right. Though. But the, so the thing is, I mean, where? So let's first let's for the audience who may not be experts in intellectual property like you are, um, or to some degree that I am. Although I don't claim to be a copyright specialist, let's be clear on one thing: copyright we know does not protect the idea okay it does not protect the idea that's so when well, you give the, that's not just, that's what well, the let me just that's what the copyright lawyers say i don't know if i agree with that well for example the you know if 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 you're if we're both auto mechanics and you're teaching me how to tune an engine okay and you've imparted that oh i know i know that's that's not a good copyright example i agree i'm giving yeah. a general example of information and knowledge well I, but I, but i think it's an important distinction that we have to we have to Distinguish between the knowledge or the information and the expression of okay, that information. Okay, so let me so, let me explain for people who don't understand. I don't want to get too much into the weeds of yeah, the actual technical copyright and patent law because most people get bored by that, and it's not really relevant to the general case. Um, but copyright technically exp- uh, protects the expression of an idea, right? The way an idea is expressed. Right. So, for example, if 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 uh, 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 you know uh, J.K. Uh, uh, Nolling uh, writes. You know the the whole Harry Potter book. Yeah, yes. Okay, that's got ideas in the book. Okay, that's also has a uh, expression of those ideas that's very particular. Well, the book that it, we call the book. But the book itself is basically a pattern of information, right? You can look at the book as a, a sequence of combination of letters. It's a pattern of information. Let, let, 
that's fine. I, I don't. I don't. And that's what is protected by copyright. Well, that pattern of information. Well, you can't copy it. You can't copy that pattern of information without permission. Of, so of, let of me the ask you this question, right? So as <laughs> I understand it, she wrote. She spent. Let's say it's not her, but anybody, uh, and we can just use her as an example. But somebody spends maybe two, three years, four years, um, writing this pattern of information. Yes. Okay. As I understand it, she spent four, several years yes. in a in a coffee cafe or co coffee house or something yes. with her computer with no other job, right? Yep. That she because she she wanted to devote all of her time to this and d develop this story, this yep. book, yep. and then published it. Would you propose then that anybody can then uh, commercially exploit yes. that? Yes, absolutely. Okay. No problem whatsoever with that. You have no problem whatsoever. None whatsoever. That. Okay, that's fine. Um, J just just like if you see someone who introduces a new product onto the market that's popular, like let's say let's say a small rectangular touchscreen smartphone, right? Like an iPhone. Hey, now there's Samsung. Now there's Android smartphones. Yeah. You see, that's popular. It took a lot of effort to make the smartphone. Now other people want to make the smartphone. All right. People emulate what is successful and what is popular. Well, that, that's fine. And the and, only and, way and, people – hold on. The only way you could copy um, or commercially exploit uh, the Harry Potter novels is if she chooses to make it public. She could keep it secret. But if she chooses to make it public, she's, she's revealing this information to the entire world. She has revealed this information. That would be like telling a secret to the world and then expecting them not to act on it. So the thing that I have a problem with is you're okay with it because you want to use it. No, okay. I'm okay with it because it's a matter of justice. I don't want to use it. I don't think I would need to use it. Well, great. You don't personally need to use it. But the, the, the thing, the thing that, that, that I'm having a problem with is that um, if she wants to commercially exploit that. She's free to do that. How? Sell it. Well, she can sell it. Sure she but can. somebody can sell it at no cost to them cheaper than she can yeah. sell it she, she faces competition that's the free market it's competition that's like saying why would i open, why would i open a pizza joint because if it's popular someone else can just open another competing pizza joint across the street and how am i going to compete with someone you cannot compare you can. the harry potter series why not? legitimately why not? to a pizza joint why not they're both because they're both cases of competition I'm not talking about ca they're both cases of competition. That's of course they're both cases of competition. But you're saying she but can't. In, you know, you say she one, can't. In one, there, the, in one, in the pizza joint example, there is no intellectual property in a pizza joint. There's no intellectual property in the idea of a pizza joint. So you can. You but hold on, hold on. Let, let's look at the parallel. I, I come to a town. I see pizza is starting to get popular. I open the only pizza joint in this medium-sized town. Yeah. Now I'm gonna I can sell a pizza for a high price at first, right? I might make good profit margins, right? Now what's gonna happen if if it's popular? I'm, I've got customers coming out the door. I'm charging high prices. Right. Eventually, two or three other pizza places are gonna come in right. town. And what am I gonna have to do with my prices? I'm gonna have to lower my prices. So at first I can sell at a higher price, but then my profits get eroded because of competition. In J.K. Rowling's case, she sells the Harry Potter novel. She's the first one to sell it. She's the original author. <laughs> she can sell as many copies as she wants. Pretty soon, as long as – if her price is not too low, if her price is high enough, people will knock off the book, and they'll start selling duplicate copies. And people who want to buy the book cheaper will buy it from, from the pirate, 
and she would have to lower her prices. Competition would force her to lower her prices. Yeah. The, it's the, a, par the, it's the, a direct the, parallel. No, it's not a direct parallel because in one case, the pizza joint is, is, um, is not a novel, uh, if you will, pattern of information or an idea that was developed or, and, or has any protection well, hold under on. our intellectual well, it's, a, it's original, right? And the copyright... The it's not original. Well, there might be something creative about coming up with well, a pizza there, joint. There may be something creative about that pizza joint that may have never been done before, that may have been the idea of this particular pizza joint owner. For example, maybe he's come up with a clever name. But that's not going to be... Uh, that's, it, it would have to be something narrow that is original to that pizza owner and uh, depending on what, okay. what, what intellectual property uh, uh, regime you're using has to meet certain criteria. Let, right? me, let me try this. I mean, you can't just copyright look, anything. Look, I... Okay, but, but the thing that... The, the, where your analogy breaks down, in my view, is, that you, is this supposition that she's free to go ahead and, and sell this thing uh, and, 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 and it's just something over time that the, her price will come down. Of course I'm it telling will. you, no, it's competition. She'll, she'll never be able to make a dime off of it. Why? Because nobody will have to pay her for it. Okay, so... Nobody okay, will have to... So, the publisher will say, thank you okay, very so, much, so, Mr. So let, Mr. I don't, I don't agree with you. I, I can give you some examples about that. But if, if what you're saying is correct, then the answer is, so what? The purpose of law is not to make sure Harry Potter novelists can make money. The purpose of law is not to make sure you can make a profit doing what your, your dream, what your heart is set on. You have to be an entrepreneur. You have to find a way to make money. The purpose of law is to protect rights, and that's it, to, to, to provide a framework that you can operate within that you can make a profit if you find a way to do it. That's yeah. the job of the entrepreneur. So if, Harry, if J.K. Rowling can't make a profit selling a novel, too bad for her. I mean, look, you, 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 let's say you write poetry. Can you make money selling poetry? No, but you might want to do it. It's very hard to make money selling poetry. There's a difference. Hold on. Hold on. Okay. Give me a second. Sure. I write tons of uh, scholarly articles for – well, I used to – for law reviews. Mm -hmm. Lots of law professors and uh, academic professors write all these scholarly papers. How much do you think they get paid when they submit an article to a law review? Nothing. Zero. They don't want to get paid. They know they can't get paid. They do it for other reasons. Yeah. And I think Harry uh, – J.K. Rowling didn't write this thinking she was going to be a billionaire, the richest woman in England. Do you? Well, I don't know, but I, well, I do. I we do, do think know she was like she was like a woman on welfare. She had this passion in her mind. Do you really think that she thought she would be richer than the Queen of England someday? Well, I think she should be. No, no. But do you think that's what motivated her? Well, I don't. I don't think that that necessarily. I don't know what motivated her. Okay, but I, I don't know what motivated her. But I do know that um, that. Uh, it, she had every right to make money off of this. No, she doesn't have the right to make money. Which, wait, hold on, going back to your earlier point, I agree with you. Let's let's say where I agree. I agree with you that it is not the job of the law to provide people a, of a, a guaranteed profit, exactly, or, or a guaranteed profit. Right, that is not the job. Of Which the law. means it's not the job of the law to protect but them from competition. Well. It, there is a case for protection from unfair competition, but not from competition. But then that just pushes the question back, what's unfair? Well, for example, um, and this goes, I think, back to the more, more perfect union thing, and that is uh, unfair competition might be that, let's say that uh, you, know, you are uh, misrepresenting something about your, your product. Right, but okay. that has nothing to do with copyright. 
No, but but we were just somehow we got into well. I'm talking about free free, uh, free market competition. As long as there's no tort, well, no 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 misrepresentation. We're, we're going back to the idea of whether or not she should have the right to make any profit off of. But she uh, doesn't. She has no right to make a profit. She has the you, right to. No, do, no. That's your conclu- That's your opinion. No, but the law. The purpose of the law is not to guarantee people any kind of profit. No, but it is to protect property rights. Correct. Okay, and so the, we're begging the question. Okay, the question is, the question is whether she has any property right or not. Because if she does, that is the question. Then, 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 then we're, That's we're in agreement I... that the protection of property rights is a valid purpose of law, right? Yes. That's why I started out saying the general purpose of law is justice, which is to protect property rights. Now, not we, just property rights. Actually, it is just property rights. There's nothing else. But then, there's nothing else but property rights. All rights are property rights. All human rights are individual rights, and all individual rights well, are property rights. I, I disagree with that can you characterization. Think, but can you think of a right that, that's not a property right? Uh, a right that's not a property right might be the uh, the right to not be a slave, maybe. Well, that's a property right in your own body. That's the property right to control your body. That is a property right. Okay. Yeah, and the, 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 the reason can, I, I put it that way, the reason I put it that way is but, a right is a legally enforceable right, right? And all legally enforceable rights are ultimately enforceable by the use of physical force of the state or of some enforcement. I, I agree with that. So force has to always be applied against something in the world, some physical thing in the world. Okay, that's fine. Which is what property is. Property is an object that's a thing that people can have a dispute over who gets to control it, whether it's this table, right, or this microphone, or, or my book. glasses, or my body. Or that book. Well, and, and that's a, that, it depends on what you mean by book. If you mean a physical piece of paper, you know, with, with ink on it in a certain pattern, that's one thing. If you mean a pattern of information, then we have to ask the question, is a pattern of information the type of thing that there can be property rights in? Now, my view is it's, it's not only a bad law, it's not only unjust, but that it is literally impossible to have a property right in information. And the reason I say that is just for what I, we just talked about. All, all rights are enforceable by physical, tangible, real force, which has to be applied against an object in the world, which is not a pattern of information. So as a simple example, you take on a client who's got a copyright. You sue a, a pirate who's copied their book. If you win, the power of the court is directed against the assets of the defendant, correct? And ultimately, what do you get from that client, I mean from the defendant? You get their money. So really this, the dispute is not about who owns the book. The dispute is about who owns the money in this guy's bank account. And you're using complicated legal rules as an excuse to take money from him and give it to your client. Now, in normal times, we would call that legalized theft because you're just taking money from him, giving it to him. Normally, that's justified in a tort case or a contract case if you have a basis for taking money from him, giving it to him. The only way you have a right to take money from the presumptive current possessor and owner and give it to someone else and it not be considered a theft is if, number one, there was a contract where he agreed to transfer it, which is not the case in copyright infringement, or number two, if he committed a tort. That is, he violated your property rights somehow, and and he owes you restitution or recompense, right? That's the reason. Which is also not, not what happens in copyright because in copyright, all this guy does is use his own property to impattern it a certain way, using information that your client freely gave to the world. She gave him the blueprint, and he used it. Now she's complaining that he's using the blueprint. 
She didn't give him the blueprint. She did. She she released the information publicly to the world. Oh. I think we're still recording. Okay. Yeah. Okay, but let me go back for a second because I mentioned something earlier. Um, I was given this, these kind of random examples about um, um, the pizza joint and all this, and you said, well, that's not copyright. Before we move on, let me just right, say go ahead. one thing about what you just said. Yeah. All application of of law is an application of power. I agree with that. Force. Yep. Or, or force. You mm -hmm. can say power, force, whatever. And in the case of uh, of of, of uh, uh, Miss Rowling filing a copyright infringement suit against somebody who's mm -hmm. copied her mm -hmm. book and is selling it. Um, that is going to be the power of the courts, the power of yes. legal authority applied, and it's not. It, and it, it 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 would apply not only to the physical, um, uh, tangible manifestations, i.e., the the copied books that are being distributed, mm -hmm. which could be destroyed, for example, uh, but it would also apply which she doesn't to, own, by the way. So which she doesn't own those books, but it could also be applied to an injunction. Yes. I mean, so there, there. So which that is, a, which is, is not, a threat of the use of force if you don't comply with the court's order. That's right. A threat of force against your body, like they might put you in jail for contempt of court. That's right. Or they might seize your assets. So it's all force directed against resources, scarce resources, right. physical resources owned by what I call the victim if, of this court if, action. Yeah. If if that person was to, uh, for example, uh, start. Uh, making more right. more copies okay so it's no different than if you you for example assaulted you know there's spousal cases and you assault your spouse and you there's a the court issues an injunction that yes. says you're going to jail yes if you ever even yes. come within 10 foot yes of this and i agree style. with you. there's nothing wrong with those okay. because the, the the injunction there is aimed at someone who is threatened to or is, a, is in like, uh, likely to uh, well, violate the rights of someone else you and i both agree that assault and harassment by the spouse is illegitimate and can be outlawed. The question is, is there something wrong with copying and using and modifying information? I mean, it's a common sense matter. Well, go ahead. So, so yes, the answer is yes. I mean, in if you are taking the direct book, okay, but you're not taking it. If you're taking the uh, the, the well, I think I say you're taking it. You're not. This, this is this is our disagreement. Give, give me an example. What do you mean? Give me an exact. Con you mean if I copy a book? Yes, but if that's you, not taking it because the when you take yeah. something, they don't have it anymore. Well, you're begging the question. No, no, I, this is no, a no, no, it's no, a no. difference in law. Stefan, you're saying that there's no property right in the expression. That's a different thing. I'm saying there is. Okay, but I'm just I'm I'm saying we have to correctly describe. You cannot. You can't make your argument that there is a property right by saying it's a property right because there's a taking because that is disputed. So if I take this cup from you, now you don't have the cup anymore, right? That's what taking is. That's why the law makes this uh, conversion or trespass or theft because when I take it from you, you don't have it anymore. That's an essential element of taking. And Sandy, if you look at the law, I mean I'm just being technical here. In the Supreme Court itself, right? Commonly, people will say um, copyright infringement is stealing or piracy or theft or taking, right? But that's not even in the copyright statute. The Supreme Court has said actually it's infringement, which just means that's a word the, 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 the statute slaps on it, and it says if you infringe, which means if you copy without permission, basically, that's right. if you copy without permission, then there's then there's uh, consequences, yeah. monetary what, what damage. But there's said, no, it's not taking. 
Well, that, that's fine. It doesn't. What, the words we use, infringement or taking, doesn't matter. No, it does what because ma- if you if matter- you call it a taking and then you use that to argue that therefore there's a property right, then that's no, no, where the I'm mistake. Not, I'm not saying that the, therefore there's a property. I'm saying there's a property right. Therefore, it's a taking. And 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 the way that in in, in intellectual property it, it works is, uh, it's not necessarily tangible. In in other words, it is. It's a little metaphysical, but it, it, it's tangible in the sense of there's a string of words, okay? So in that sense, it's tangible. That, that book no, is stri- a string of words. I don't agree with you. A string of words is not tangible. Well, you may disagree with the characterization, but what I'm trying to just do is say that there is what we first have to define what constitutes the, ta- the infringement, okay? The infringement is duplicating a certain pattern of information without permission of the so-called owner. That's right. Yeah. The so-called owner. And what we have said is Wait, let me let me let this, we need to be metaphysical for a second. Would you agree with me that information itself cannot exist by itself in the in the universe? Uh, information That let, is a little metaphysical. What I mean is infor- I'm not sure information that is matters. just it does matter because information is just the impatterning of a substrate. In other words, if there's no if there's no carrier there's nothing the information is stored on, it would disappear. Yeah, I, It's got to be in your brain, or it's got to be on a CD, or on a book. Well, there's, a, there's probably an Aristotle and... Uh, and well, there might be a platonic idea or of... Or a platonic form uh, of it, not... Uh, or, or a mystical god thing, but in, in the real world that we're talking about... I, I don't dispute that. In other words, if there's only one copy remaining of... Shh, shh, echo. If there's only one copy remaining of a book... And that book is destroyed, then the novel or the pattern is gone. Forever. I agree with that. I agree with if that. If no one remembers it, whatever. Yes, right? that's right. That's correct. The point is, anytime you have information, it's always just the feature of an object. So, for example, suppose let's take this cup again. This cup has various characteristics or properties, you could call it, right? It's got a weight, it's got a size, it's got an age, it's got a color, right? It's got a, it's, the color is kind of a whiteness color, right? But the whiteness of the cup doesn't exist independently of the cup. It's a feature of the cup. It's not like you could. It's not like I can own this cup. Well, I think whiteness does exist independent of the cup, but it but, is. A but whiteness again, it can, whiteness cannot exist independent of the cup. There can't be white without something that's white. Just like there can't be information without something that's carrying the information. Well, the flower is white. But there's a flower there. Right. So the point is, if I own the cup. I don't own that the, is a characteristic of the cup. But I don't own the cup and its characteristics. I own the cup defined by its characteristics, right? So if there's if there's a word written on here, world's greatest dad, okay? I came up with that. I own the cup in pattern in a certain way, but I don't own those words separately from the cup. Just like if I if I write a novel on a piece of paper on a on a on a, on a sheaf of papers, I own the paper, I own the ink. I own this tangible object, and it's got a unique characteristic the way it's impatterned. But that pattern of information cannot be separated, can't be owned independently of a substrate. The point is if you give someone ownership of that pattern, you're effectively giving them ownership of every piece of paper in the universe that happens to be arranged in that way. That, that, would, is, that, that is a correct statement. That would be like if I own this cup and if that also meant I own this particular shade of white – now I automatically have ownership of every other object in the, in the universe that's got this color. So I'm taking your property rights away from you because you happen to have a cup that's got the same color as mine, 
Well, that's what copyright does, and that's my well, ultimate objection to it. So, well, so let me address that um, a couple of ways. First of all, you know, we restrict ownership rights all day long of, of tangible things. For example, you may own a knife, okay? You can't do everything you want to do with that knife. For example, you can't stab me with it, okay? So there but are because, restrictions. Because you have a property right in your body. That's fine. So in other words, what you call a limitation on property rights, I would say is but a recognition also, of property rights. If I'm, if, I, if, I'm a, if I'm her, I also have a, a property right in that okay. tangible expression. So we're, we're going back to no, no, hold on a second. whether so, or not uh, there, there should or should not be a property right, but there is that property right. It exists. Well, what you're talking about— The question is, is whether the, the law is just. just. Let me just—that's fine. Let's, we'll get to that. But I just want to say this. Saying that there's a difference between physical property, like a cup, and intellectual property, such as the string of words, mm -hmm. okay, there's no question there's a difference, right? Yeah. There's no question there's a difference. Well, it's not only a difference. But, as, I, as I say, it's, it's literally impossible to have a property right in, in patterns of information. Oh, but it is. It is. No, it, I, I just gave you the example of when it comes down to it, it just means you can get an injunction against me and my physical property, or you can take my money from me. It really comes down to who gets to own. Let me, let me give you an analogy. And it, no, it, no, I just have to dispute that. When that injunction okay is is issued against the infringer okay they're not able to uh create a movie uh, a harry potter movie or a harry potter book or a harry potter comic it, it's not it, it's not um it's a restriction on what they can do with their property it's a it is very much so it's, a restriction it's like a, it's like do. it's like uh, are you familiar with um like like if i have a pen and a pad okay i can do um, I can do whatever I want with the pen and the pad, okay? That isn't an infringement, okay? Now, that's a ridiculous example. No, it's not. Because no, it's not. It's well, a good I, example. It, it, it's a ridiculous example from the standpoint of if I want to sit there and spend a year or a month or however long it takes handwriting a copy of, of, uh, of her book, okay, I can do that. Okay. No, Nobody's going to come after. Well, me. that's just because it's hard to enforce. But technically, that's illegal. Technically, because you're, you're you're making a copy. It's a, technically it's illegal. But we. We're, but should we're, it be? We're always balancing competing interests. That's an no, extreme. No, but that's not we how we are. We are doing that. Well, we live in a society in which we are balancing competing okay, interests. Stop for a second. You can't just do anything. So you wait, wait, want, wait. In the beginning, I kind of can't just do anything. Okay. I want. So in the beginning, I kind of got you to agree in rough terms with me that the purpose of law is justice, right? And then the question is when we have a particular law in question, we have to evaluate whether it's just or not, whether it's fair. And your argument has kind of come down to something like this. Well, I agree that copyright limits what you can do with your property, but lots of lots of laws limit what you can do with no, your property. No, I'm saying it's just. It's no, justly, no, 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 hold on. I am saying it's justly limiting you're right, but to what you but that's not an argument. You haven't argued why it's just. Uh, all you're saying is so earlier. Let me just the, characterize the, re the reason why I. So let me explain it. The reason why I believe that it is just is because she put the effort of putting together something, a pattern of information, which was not 
in existence before. Okay. Okay. And what we do um, as a society is to tell uh, or, or grant to a person who has put together this pattern of information, this story, this, these characters, this whole assembly Okay, it's not individual pieces. She the, can't the, the, the look and the look and feel in, in, of a pro, a pro no, software not, program. No, the, well, we can argue. This is what I want to say. We can always argue for an improvement of intellectual property. We can always narrow. But you have down to know what your end goal is. You have to know what some, your end goal we is. We can always narrow something down so that it is um, it is not unjust. Okay. Okay. But the but this thing about justice, but, but the unjust is a collective. No, okay, uh, well, it, it is a collective. Um, let's say point that we get to with regard to any law. That's right? fine, but that's just that's just kicking it down the road. So you're describing what happens. I know what happens. I know why we have the copyright law now. But that's the question is whether it's just or not. And I'm just pointing out that. And by the way, almost every, almost everything you've said so far would not justify patent law, as you know. Because it is well, true. Well, that may have to be a different podcast. Oh, well, patent and copyright law are so intertwined. But my point is, this and stuff you about just said they're very different. Right? Well, patent uh, copyrights protect original things that probably would, would never have come into existence, but for the author's painting or novel or what. I mean, I doubt we'd ever have had Harry Potter exactly as it was if she had never been born. Right. Patents are a different story altogether. I don't. I think you, anyone has got to be Looney Tunes if they think that. If Thomas Edison had never been born, that we wouldn't have incandescent light bulbs at some point, right? Almost every invention has several simultaneous. I agree events. that there's different policy uh, uh, considerations that play in patent. Yes, and and I do agree that you know, there's many things that are patented that would have come into being. Almost everything would have come into being. Uh, we well, we don't know that everything would have come into being. Yeah, but where's the, who's we, the burden we, of proof on? We have. We have no. Well, the, the, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. You can see I've heard all these a million times. Already. Well, I mean, just hang on a second, right, right. okay? Um, you you may have, but but I'm, I know I'm I having know. a really good time here talking about this with you. Um, the thing is, uh, you may say that, but the the, the and and we won't know. I mean, that's one of these things that whether, for example, the. Um, I mean, whether or not, let's use the example of um, of the um, iPhone, okay? If the iPhone, as exactly the iPhone, would have come into existence, we can speculate whether or not it would have. No, not uh, exactly, but close enough. Well, I don't know what, you, you what don't think close we'd have enough a, means. You don't think you'd have a smart, very fast, but, touchscreen-driven... But, but, but here's what I'm saying. I'm glad the iPhone is in existence. I use the iPhone every day. It's transformed... The way I operate, the way I yes, do business. Yes, but they use patents to stop competition. Well, of course. And you can't argue that, that we needed patents for there to be an iPhone. I can argue that. You can't prove it. I can't prove it. You can't disprove it. But what I can say is that um, that um, that uh, what I agree with the policy reasons, while we can argue well, – just a second – I, but I, that's what we're talking about. Now well, you're just kind of no, no, no. I'm, I'm going to say something. I think that the that the that the that this idea of giving a reward, like let's say, but uh, Sandy, earlier you agreed no one's got a right to a profit. Now you want to give them a reward. I don't say that they have a right to a profit. Well, if the government is going to institute a policy that 
is designed to basically transfer resources from some people to effectively give it to these people that are innovators and creators, you're giving them a guaranteed profit. Well, I'm not going to dispute that a patent is a limited monopoly if that's what you're asking. Copyright's right? a limited monopoly too, so, and they're and both a, designed a, to and stop a competition. Copyright is a very that's right. They're you're both designed absolutely. to stop competition. There's no there's no dispute that when you have a copyright in something that somebody else can't copy that. That does prevent competition. And it only prevents and competition. There's no, if, and there's no dispute that if you have a patent on something, that also is intended to stop the, another person from making that same thing, yeah, which would for prevent 17 years. competition. For and 17, it also reduces well, innovation. Well, I, I'm not, I, I don't, why would you innovate? If you have a monopoly on a hot product for 17 years, don't you think your incentive to innovate goes down? And don't you think the incentive for people that would no. be competitors to innovate goes down because they know they can't even sell something similar well, so they don't waste their resources? We can speculate. It's not speculation. There's been millions of empirical studies on this. There's not been – so I've looked at some of the empirical studies. The only evidence of an empirical study I found on – at least in 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 your in your stuff is a simulation. No okay. no 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 no. That's Andrew Torrance. There's tons of other uh, uh, studies. And I mean, I, I've seen empirical studies. For example, if we're talking about innovation, I'll say this. And and I'm not. And I I don't think there's anything can conclusive out there. I don't think there's any conclusive proof that you'll be able to offer because it's mythical, right? It's going to be in some mythical world. Um, where IP rights don't exist, yes, but my, and, but how it, and how it's going to be. I agree. So much there's nothing better, conclusive, and how it's going to be so much better. And 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 anything I point to, it's going to be so hard to find causation. That, yeah. it, that it's not going to be very. It's not going to be so, very supportive. I, I will. Say, I totally. I, agree, I totally I, agree with you. But the no. burden of proof is on you, not me, because my argument that. is not based upon empirical. Mine the, isn't either. You just said it's a policy tool designed to increase innovation. We give people a limited monopoly for a limited period of time, mm -hmm. right? Right. To encourage them to innovate. So that is an empirical argument. You're that's assuming one, that's, that's one that's one policy argument. Well, but that policy argument is flawed because that means the burden of proof is on you to come up with a study. Don't you think that well in the last two hundred years of the patent system someone would have been able to come up with a definitive study showing this by now? Um, I'm gonna just hang on one <coughs> second. I want to see one thing that I did find. Let me see if I can just. Why don't we do this? It's gonna it's gonna be too. Send me the link later. I'll put it on the show notes. Okay. Well, I'll I'll say what it is. Um, it's a study of of the GDP growth. Yes. Okay. Uh, from a like a, maybe a fifty or hundred or maybe even a hundred hundred year period before. Um, uh, pat, patent laws were introduced into the country. Yeah. And then after. Okay. Well, that's right, when the, right around the time of the Industrial Revolution. The Industrial Revolution well, gained steam around 1800, which is right when we had patent laws. Yeah. And there's, it would be hard to argue, although I wouldn't put it past IP proponents from arguing that the patent system is the cause of the Industrial Revolution, but that's very implausible. Well, I, I, and, and what I'm saying to you is I'm not sure that this is at all at, at all definitive. It's not definitive. Uh, uh, you just okay. admitted there's causation and correlation. The basic argument no, no, people— No, no, I, I admitted that there is a difference. There is a difference, and we don't know what's causation yeah, and what's but, correlation. Which means, which means that's a flaw in the case for patents because the burden is on you. People said, let's, give, let's have the government have the okay, ability to have— let, Let's call that a draw because you're not going to be able to prove that there's going to be— higher GDP growth um, in a post 
non-patent world, and I'm not going to be able to prove that there's higher GDP, I, okay. PD, GDP growth in a patent world. Let me put it this but way. But what I will say is this. I like, uh, you know, do you have any patents? What do you mean? Do you, do you own any patents individually? Are I don't, you the inventor? I'm the inventor on several patents. You are, right? I'm not an owner. You don't own them, but you... I was a patent lawyer, and I, you know... You contributed as an So I had to, I had to name so myself. your name was on there. And I had a couple I did before, but I let them go. But anyway. Yeah. I think it's just that if you've come up with something, and this is what I want to say, that is truly novel, and we can talk all day long about the flaws in the patent system, okay, because there are many. But if you come up with something that's novel and non-obvious, that you have a limited protection for a limited amount of time. I know, but that's the dispute. I that's what think you think. that is just. I know you do. And you but that's... think that is not just. No, but I have reasons for my view. Well, I have reasons for my view. But what are they? That's what we're talking about. The reasons for my view are several fold. Uh, one, we've already talked about that we're not going to have empirical evidence one way or another that it promotes. Um, so the lack of evidence is, a, is an argument for a system that imposes force on people and prevent and restricts competition? How could that be a good argument? I'm sorry, could you repeat yourself? Okay, the patent system does restrict competition. It protects people from competition. It, it's, it, a, it's a prima facie infringement upon the free market and private property rights. It's at least an incursion into the free market. You need to have a good reason to support that. And if, you, if, if your reason can't be that the evidence is ambiguous, right? If the evidence is ambiguous, we should, we should, the presumption should be freedom. People should just compete and be free. Oh, okay. That, no, no, I'm, I'm saying that the that that in terms of GDP growth and R&D growth, we don't know. I, I, I would I would acknowledge we don't know. I would what not. I, do, I would what, not. What, I think we have good reasons to believe that without a patent system, we would have higher GDP growth and much greater innovation. We have really good reasons to believe that. Uh, so I wouldn't concede that. Well, I'm I'm not. And it doesn't take a study by you know a Harvard. No, but it, did, but, it, but it also doesn't take a study by Harvard economists to say this. If I spend $100 million developing a technology that is new yes. and innovative. Nothing is completely and, new and innovative, of course. No, but it's... Everything builds upon other innovations, correct? Ab yeah, absolutely. So but the, but the it's kind of rich that you want to use other innovations to make an incremental improvement and then get a protection on your incremental improvement. That's exactly While you were able you to use all that came before to get to where you're going. You were able to use – everything is built upon everything else. I agreed. Okay. That's the nature of freedom in the private Right, but the all we're talking about is this little cutting edge because don't forget and don't let your uh, – let's not let the audience um, – uh, think that th these are permanent monopolies, right? No, in they're which, just temporary. Thank God. But a lot of people propose permanent ones. And, and, and we can. Well, that's ridiculous. That, well, that's uh, that's first of all, that's impossible. Well, well, so I don't even know. Well, hold who on. Would be. The, the copyright monopoly is right now about 120, 30 years. It needs years. to be a lot. shorter. That's effectively permanent, right? That's it, it. Needs to be a lot shorter. Well, how much shorter? I, you know, I don't know. Well, I if you don't know, why don't we it. go to zero? And when you figure it out, then we'll add a little. Tenure monopoly. No, because that's complete. To say that it can be shorter uh, is not to say that it shouldn't exist. Yes, okay? it, yes, it is. Because if you don't know what the optimum is, you don't know how oh. much shorter it should be. What if the optimum is two years? What if the optimum is optimum two years? Optimum for what? For the copyright term. No, I understand the for, for accomplishing the, the term for, for two accomplishing years. the goals that it's designed to accomplish. 
Um, and right now we're at 120. So we're 90, we're 118 years past what's optimum. Let me ask you a question. If, if let, let me ask you a serious question. So let's, the original copyright term was about 14 years, extendable once to, to 28, the original copyright term. Mm -hmm. Do you know why it was 14, by the way? I Probably pretty arbitrary. Well, it was arbitrary, but it was based upon, um, and the patent was 14 years as well. And, was, the four, and it's 14 years for design it, the, patents, it was based so. upon the idea that when you have an apprentice, you remember, you know how long apprentice terms are? Seven years. Uh, so you have a seven-year apprentice, right? right? So the idea was if you're a guy that's an artisan or whatever, and you're going to have this apprentice, you're going to have to teach him your craft. Seven years later, he's going to go off and become his own guy and compete with you. Okay. So the idea was to give protection to the, the, the trained guy who's going to impart his knowledge to his, to his, to his apprentice. So basically— Two apprentice terms. It was a non-compete non for yeah. seven years after he was good enough to copy your work. Except it was a non-compete good against the entire world, not just against that apprentice. A well, non-compete against the apprentice would have been one agreement between two people basically should be enforceable. But the law made it. But I'm just saying that it was arbitrary. Well, the, the, but it the was, problem with that is there's a lot more people that can infringe than the infringe. Anyway, but my point is that was, you're not going to contract. You can't contract with the world to say, okay, I'm going to do uh, – there's a million, two million people in the United States, and I'm okay. going to issue two million contracts. The reason I'm bringing that up is the founders of the country came up with the Copyright and the Patent Acts, right? 1789, 1790, right around then, right? They made them roughly 14 years. They did not have a bunch of empirical studies telling them what the optimum was. They didn't know. And by the way, in the last 200 years, they still haven't – none of the proponents have come up with one that's definitive. You think they would have by now, but they didn't. <coughs> My point is they went with a hunch. They thought, ah, let's give a little temporary monopoly. Let's encourage innovation. And by the way, most of the drafters, most of the congressmen, most of the framers of the Constitution – were some of the most educated and innovative people in society. These were the people coming up with plow designs and bifocal designs and writing books. So it's kind of a coincidence they were in favor of intellectual property because it happened to redound to their benefit. But let's leave that to the side, right? I think we need to. But, I agree with you that they were innovative, but now you're subscribing an intent. Well, of course. The, of course they the were self-interested. They did lots of things that were self-interested. But the, the point is... The founders said 14 years, even though they were benefiting personally from it. 14 years sounds like about right. Now, let's assume they were, let's assume they were right. Mm -hmm. Let's say that 14 years is roughly the optimum mm -hmm. for both patent and copyright. Okay. Let's say that, let's say that 14 year copyright term is better than zero. Right. But beyond that, it's worse because you start losing books. You have orphan works problems. Things get lost forever. Uh, you have. Uh, uh, the entire industries get built around it, the publishing industry, everything, right? Now, we've, we've had this 14 years for copyright expand, 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 expand because of the influence of people dependent upon it, like Disney and others, right? Mickey Mouse, etc. So now it's over a century. So the question for you is, if you thought there was a reasonable case that 14 is a reasonable term for copyright, and it's better than zero – and now we have 120. If you had to choose 120 or zero, if that was your choice, which one do you think would be better? Having a term that's 110 years longer than it should be or having a term that's 14 years shorter than it should be? What do you think would be a better situation, to have basically an infinite copyright term 
or no copyright at all? Well, it's a hard question, but I would say it's probably better to have infinite what we have now. Wow. Than, wow. And, and, and let me just explain why. Uh, let me explain why. Um, I, first of all, I agree with you. It's too long. It's way too long. So and, you w would you take 14 over 120 if, if you got that choice right Yes, now? I would, certainly would. I certainly would. Well, you realize that taking that stance would put you on my side. Well, everyone in the every, – every anti-piracy group, every movie producer, every uh, music uh, company would think you're insane radical communists for advocating 14 years. Well, I believe in good policy. Okay, I do. I do. And, and we can differ on what's good policy – I don't want to see undue restriction. I don't want to see uh, uh, somebody just uh, taking four years of somebody's effort or X years or whatever, okay, but they're writing not, a book. They're not, take, and then they're not I, taking the I, effort. I, I say they're taking it. But they're not. they're not. But they're not taking the effort. They this, are this is the, the key dispute. How they're are they taking? Ta they're taking the financial benefit of the effort. Okay, but you don't own financial benefit. Uh, we, we say you do. We say, Sandy, you, we that's say, like saying we say that we, we say that if we, we grant you copyright, if we grant you a copyright, we are granting you the financial benefit. Yeah, and if question, somebody else wants to share in that financial benefit, you can contract no, with but, them but, and, and they on. can share. It but you're them. shifting back from positive law to to normative. We're, we're, we're saying what the law should be. We're arguing what it should be. Before we get there, let me just finish that. What we were just talking about. We were talking about the 120 years versus the 14 years. I agree with you. The 120 years is has grown out of much lobbying, much you know special interest. It's going to get longer too, you know. And that. and 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 it's it's spun out of control. Um, the reason I said it's probably still better than zero is because there are a number that there are a number of exemption exceptions, as you know. Like what? Uh, Fair use. Well, yeah, for one. But fair use is notoriously vague, and it doesn't stop DMCA takedowns. On YouTube, uh, uh, well, it doesn't. It does it's it? You know, there's. Again, we can talk about implementation, um, but we and, and we can and we can improve implementation. But we can't because the copyright lobby will but, ne will never allow. But, but I think fair use to be clarified or broadened. Well, they don't want it problem. to be. That's broadened. a di that's a political problem. Yeah, that's but a it's different a, problem. It's if it's inherently part of the system, it's like saying. You cannot advocate copyright without advocating what goes along with it. What always necessarily has to go along with it is a special interest lobbying that's going to accompany it. And if it's always going to metastasize into a cancerous, looming threat like we have now, then you, you're just better off not having it at all. I can see that, I can see that argument. Good. Let's but stop here. I, okay. No, I'm joking. <laughs> okay. I mean, we can. I'm just saying that, that again, it's kind of like this. It's like, well, uh, do we want to have divorce or not? Okay, if we have divorce, okay, if we're going to allow divorce, in other words, if that's something that's getting well, a if, divorce, the, if the government didn't define illegal, marriage in the first place, they, right. would, they wouldn't I have to define divorce. I understand, but we live in a society. So we, if we, have, so we're going to have divorce, <coughs> or we're not going to have divorce. Well, okay, we choose. We can have divorce. Now we're going to choose all the terms that we have, you know, that accompany divorce. In other words, there's going to be a legal regime around it, and things can get skewed. Okay, things can get now in divorce. There's probably not a lot of special interest, whereas in copyright there is. So you're, I think, identifying a very real problem in that you have all of these Disney's and people who are making 
money off of copyrights that are constantly influencing the, the legislation. Not and only that, they li they influence treaties too. I mean, and IP treaties. American style IP protection is primarily for the benefit of American industries, right? Hollywood, music, part of the software industry, yeah. and the pharmaceutical industry, and they l have lobbied for decades Congress to insist on including American style IP protections in treaty trade free trade agreements with other countries has nothing to do with free trade. If you want to have free trade with another country, it's just about tariffs and barriers between them. But we sneak in these things saying, if you want to have free trade with the US, you need India or China or Russia or Canada, or whatever. You need to start enforcing, you need to increase your copyright terms to match our levels, and you need to start putting people in jail and giving us the authority to go over there and investigate and raid Kim.com in New Zealand. So we have used the, – the, the content industry in America has used America's hegemonic power in the world to extend the IP laws in America, which are already out of control and insane, to the entire globe. So they are totally out of control, and these laws are not, by and large, to the benefit of any other country except the U.S. because of the U.S.'s size and because of the dominance of our uh, pharmaceutical and uh, movie and music industries. That that's my view. So that's another that's another problem. Hey, hey. Let me let me get back to one thing I've been wanting to get back to. So you asked about Harry Potter and I wasn't dodging the question because Louis Echo here. Hold on, hold on just a second. There's always someone at the goddamn. Hey, come on in. So, Louis, Echo, hush. On the Harry Potter thing, so you asked about um, how she would make money, and your assumption was about copyright, she wouldn't be able to sell books, etc. Let me just go through with you one model of how she could make money and see what you think about it, okay? Okay. Although my case doesn't rest upon that, as I said, but just to entertain people that uh, – not entertain, but to um, – to respond to the desire of people that are uncomfortable with the prospect of people like her not being able to make money. So she's some woman who's underemployed or on welfare or whatever, which is what happened, right? She writes this novel out of passion. She had no idea it would be that popular. Of course, it's a popular story. We know that, right? So let's say she, pub she self-publishes it on Kindle, Amazon Kindle. Probably take her $100 to have it typeset, and she publishes it for – Two ninety nine on Kindle and maybe ten dollars in hard copy. People see it, read it, kids start becoming fans of it. All of a sudden, she's got hundred thousand sales. She makes a little money, right? Maybe she makes a hundred thousand dollars, something like that. Not trivial money for a woman on welfare. And then let's say we have a copyright free world. Right away, pirates start noticing this. No, not right away actually, because pirates can't copy everything instantly because they don't have the resources. What pirates do is they sit back and they wait to see what's popular, right? If you just waste your time copying every new book that comes out, you're just going to be wasting your time. So what they do is they wait to see who's popular. And when they see this Harry Potter stuff becoming popular among kids, that takes a time for them to notice that it's popular. Let's say six months. So six months into the thing, she's got some sales. She's made $100,000, $200,000, whatever. She knows she's got a hit. Harry Potter. Potter's popular around the world, and then there's now a flood of free or almost very cheap ebooks. Right, people can go to uh, Pirate Bay, 
or they can just find it online because there's no barrier to people making copies of this. <coughs> Some people still pay two ninety nine on on Kindle because it's cheap, or maybe ninety nine cents. She gets most of the profit, so she's making some profit still. Some people want to get it for free. Some poor kid in Africa, I don't know. So meanwhile, her, her fan base is expanding, even among the kids that get free co pirated copies. So her fan base is growing all over the world, right? So she's got her first book out. She's made some reasonable money, right? She's not the richest woman in England, but she's made some money. Do you think this is a, pl a plausible story so far? Could that happen in a copyright-free world? No. <laughs> Why not? Because, um, and particularly, you're using um, electronic uh, media. Well, that's what we—that's the world we live in now. I agree, and this is what I'm saying: is that is that the the, the, the minute that the the somebody paid 99 cents for her copy, they could put it up for free. They, and and anybody who wants it can download it. Wait, so you think she would sell like literally zero copies? I would say that there's no there's really no reason for anybody to pay for it. Why would you say that? Because they, they can get it for free. Sandy, first of all, they can't get it for free right away because there's not going to be a free copy right away. There's not going to be what? A free copy right away. How would the pirates know to even offer a free copy? Oh, it's a, it's not, you're, you're assuming in your, in your thing that there's some pirates trying to make some commercial benefit from it. Okay? I'm not talking about a pirate. I'm talking about I bought, I bought the book. Okay. I got access to And you this. make a copy for your buddies. And and I no, I don't just make a copy for my buddies. I upload it to, okay. to a free book website yeah, where anybody thing. can download it. Okay. Okay. So anybody who now But you wouldn't hears, do that wait, hold on, you wouldn't do that unless you thought it was finish. a good book, right? Let me just so anybody who now hears about the book and says, Oh, hey, this have you checked out Harry Potter? Yes. Go you know, they'll just go to pirate Fine. freebooks.com or wherever it is that 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 people okay. can upload Hold free on. books. So to. everything I described is could happen, except you think the money would be lower. It wouldn't be a hundred thousand dollars. I would say that theoretically, it could be absolutely ninety nine cents. Okay. It could be. Okay. Now I think that's com I think that's completely ridiculous. I, I actually uh, why because I'm, I have actual actual experience in the publishing industry and I see what happens. People buy Amazon books now that are free online. Do you realize that? Well, wait, hold on a second. That's you, fine. There, there are millions. I'm of, saying that they, it's, if no, no, Sandy, this is happening now. Oh, that's fine. But it's not fun. You, it's like it, 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 I, I, that, that's not the point. The point that it's no, some people are choosing to, to. Some do, some don't. But listen, my point is this: you can you, go. You, you wanted you, to know what the problem was with the hypothetical, but the it's not a problem. Is, is that you can have an instant transfer of this pattern of information for free. That's okay. that's worldwide. It's not for free. Nothing's for free. You got to find it. You got to know where it is. You got to trust the source. If you can get a ninety-nine cent copy on Kindle, it's very easy. Some people will do that. Some people might do that. Do you realize some people go to the drugstore and they'll buy Tylenol instead of the, the generic acetaminophen, even though it's three times as much? Why do they do that? I have no idea. Why? Do you have no idea why people buy Tylenol? Which one do you buy? You buy generic I, I, brand or you buy I, Tylenol? We buy the generic ibuprofen. Why? Because I know it's the same chemicals. Yeah, because you're trying to save money. Yeah. But do you see Ibu, Do you see Tylenol? I mean, uh, Motrin right next to it on the shelf? Yes. Do you think some people buy it? Some people buy it because they believe that there is a um, um, some kind of quality associated with the brand. So some people buy it for some for some do. reason. Yes, because they believe in the brand. Same thing with Kindle. You might buy a 99 cent book sold by J.K. Rowling because you know it's the original deal. You might. It's not some skeevy thing. Yeah, you, some people might, some people might not. 
The point is some fraction of her fan base is going to buy it. Some wouldn't. She would make some money. There is just no doubt about that. But my point of my hypothetical is not about the original money. I'm just saying she would make some money. And your idea that it would be 99 cents is just absurd. Well, It's like literally absurd. Well, I, that's fine. I mean, I, it, can't, it could be 99 cents. It could be zero. No. Well, it could be zero if it's not popular. My point is this is something that's popular. Okay. It, even if, it, if it's popular, Hold is, on. It, how is many, it likely that it's going to be more than 99 cents? Probably. How many fans do you think there are of Harry but Potter? The, but, Wait, hold on. How many fans today? We're taking a real-world example. How many fans of Harry Potter are there in the world today, do you think? Out of 7 billion people, how many fans are there, do you think? I have no idea. Is it more than 10? Hundreds of millions, probably. Yeah, probably like 2 billion or something. Uh, I don't know. Maybe. Could okay. be. Okay. So it's hundreds of millions, right? I definitely. Okay. Now, if there's hundreds of millions of fans, and if tomorrow, JK, in a copyright-free world, tomorrow she released a new Harry Potter story for 99 cents on Kindle, even if there was free copies available all over the internet the very next day, do you think she would sell zero? Because no one will pay 99 cents. No, I don't think so. I, I think realistically she, she'll, she'll sell some books. Of course she would. Yeah. Might be 1%, but still that's something. It's something. Look, in today's world, we, you, right. you realize there's pirating. That, that's not the issue. The issue no, 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 no. It, I'm, it, I'm, giving it, you a it, I'm giving you a hypothetical as to how you could make money, okay? In the, so, so let's take this example. She writes her first book. She makes a little money. Let's just say it's a little money. Let's see if she makes $5,000 which I think is absurd, for a book that's going to be so popular with literally millions millions of parents of children around the world. Okay, right. So she's got millions of fans. Right. She goes, holy crap, I've hit on something here, right? She's got in her mind, guess what she's got? The idea for the next six novels. We know this because that's what happened in reality, right? Well, okay. Well, you finding that part? No. Isn't that realistic? Yeah. Okay, so... We, well, number one, in the meantime, she could have jkrowling.com or harrypotter.com, and she could say, hey, I'm selling merchandise here, authorized by the – I'll even sign some – whatever. <coughs> she could start making money off of spinoff merchandise, things like that. Yeah, you can buy a knockoff bag from some cheap Chinese site or whatever, but if you're a daddy wanting to get his little daughter a present for, for Christmas, you might want to buy the original thing, just like a guy buys his – his wife a real diamond ring or the real uh, the real perfume instead of the knockoff crap from Walgreens, right? There's going to be some market. She can make some money off of it that way. But now, let's say she starts working on novel number two and number three and number four, and she announces on her website to the world, guess what, my 17 million fans across the globe? I've got Harry Potter number two written, and it's really, really good. But as soon as I release it, pirates are going to pirate it and I'm not going to make any money off of it so I've got an idea if just one million of my fans pre-order this book for ten dollars as soon as I get that I'm going to release it on on, on Amazon I'll give you um, and I'll give you guys a free copy because you bought it already that's one million people ten bucks each ten million dollars is that not plausible I think that's plausible okay then she does. Then her. I, I think that's plausible. Then her fan base grows again. That's just book number two. Mm -hmm. Let's see. She does it with book three, four, five, six, seven, and the numbers go up each time. Right. Now she's up to two hundred million dollars in revenue. Now let's say in the meantime, so she's already. Well, I mean, you know, these, these are all just hypothetical. It's but, not that hypothetical. But, she actually published but, seven novels that were very popular. No, no, that part's not hypothetical. 
I'm saying the numbers. What what numbers we we have here? Well, I don't think the numbers. But, but are, the it, numbers are in, probably conservative. But in terms of your of your of this of the overall uh, scenario that you're laying out, I, that's a plausible. Scenario. Now, now, now let's say that the numbers are. Let's we, say we her fans no her fans are clamoring. And for, let's not let's not claim that we. I, I'm, what I'm objecting to is we that we're going to know it's a hundred million or this or that. It'd or be whatever. a lot. But it might it might be. Um, we know how we, much we, we know what 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 we also know in that scheme what what other people can do and that, that for example she's not going to get any movie rights okay let's turn to movies then so let's say that the fans are clamoring for a movie version so some some movie studio just said hell we're going to make a movie they don't need her permission they just make a movie that's right but guess what might be happening two two or three movie studios might be making a movie at the same time and they're all scrambling to get to the to the movie theaters first, right? So you, let's say you have three movies in the works of the first Harry Potter novel, all unauthorized. All three unauthorized? Yeah, sure. Okay. Nothing wrong with that. Well, I think there's something wrong with I that. I think there's nothing wrong with it. But let's say, what if one of them says, you know, we've got to get an edge over our competitors. What might they do? No, I understand. What well, might they we're, do? We're the ones who are the authorized version. So they go, to, they approach J.K. Rowling, and they say... We'd like to hire you to consult on the script and to bless it as the authorized version, and we'll give you 10% of the, of, of the, of the, of the film uh, royalties because we think we're going to sell twice as much as we otherwise – I mean, so this movie makes half, half a billion dollars. Mm -hmm. She gets – Yeah, but there's also the scenario in which all three come – I agree that they could do that. And but, but it's just an example. She, she's got to be the entrepreneur. I'm just giving – thinking of – I'm, I'm – But the point is, originally you just said, without copyright, she can't make a dime. Now, we've, you and I have just come together, brainstormed like a couple of Hollywood uh, newbies and thought of a way she could make maybe two, one, two, three hundred million dollars. Yeah, I, I, and, and if I said that she cannot make a dime without copyright, then I misspoke. I'm saying that that scenario can exist, that she can make zero dollars. Can exist as well. I mean, we can have that scenario. Well, you've laid that can an, happen now. You've laid out a scenario in yeah, but there's there, right that now can ha that can right happen now if you don't right, sell a popular story. No, no, and and not only that, Sandy. Don't, don't be in today's that, world. I, I'm not trying to some, somehow say that now all of a sudden we have copyrights so that everybody has to buy every story and there's no good stories mm -hmm. or bad stories. That's not what we're talking about here. We're well, not talking but about my, my what's point popular is, and what's no, but, but my not. We're point, only talk, it really only matters with regard to popular stories, doesn't it? Yeah, but if she's popular, she can find ways to make money. This is a good example of that. I think there's a, it's a, it, I, I, I agree that there's all kinds of ways you can make money. Yeah, and there'd be, in, uh, there'd in, be in, others. In the, in the absence of a copyright regime, there's also all, all kinds of ways you cannot make money in the absence of but a copyright But hold on, but we don't really have a copyright regime. I'm not, regime. I'm not talking for a popular book. But we I'm don't really have about. copyright right now. We don't? Well, piracy is widespread. Do you understand that there's torrent, Pirate Bay and Torrents all over the place? Any movie that's released right now, any book that's released, you can instantly today find free copies all over the internet. You understand that? This is widespread. There are hundreds if not billions of people, hundreds of millions if not billions of people right. that get free stuff today as we speak. They get textbooks. They get, they get uh, course books. They get novels. They get music. They get movies for free. This is going on right now. So you have music studios. You have artists. You have novelists. They're publishing today in the face of widespread piracy. 
and they're still making a profit. So it is possible. Uh, would they be making a profit in the absence of copyright regime? Well, what would be different? In the absence of a copyright regime, there'd still be pirating. There's pirating now, there'd well, be pirating without copyright. Here's why I asked the question. Because the thing is, like, you can have um, some, and I know, actually, my son has a website where he gets these movies for free. Okay, he does. I wouldn't and, admit, okay. Well, whatever. I mean, um, uh, you know, and and so uh, so I, I I understand that these things do occur out in the universe. I also know that um, that the big studios can't compete right now uh, with the the copyright holder or the movie studio that holds the copyright to, for example, the Avengers movie or some any movie that you're talking about. Okay, so if 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 MGM has the copyright to that movie. Right now, Paramount can't do that. Right. Okay. Uh, so because copyright the, the, restricts the, the their freedom. Yeah, because that's right. That's exactly right. So um, the, the 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 these websites are they do they exist? Yes. Do they um, take away um, some revenues? Probably. Yeah, but they, they also increase the fan base for some artists and people. maybe they increase the fan base too. And and remember, with the copyright, you can always do. Um, you can give away free stuff as well. On they, never they never do. They never do. Well, they never do, but they can. The, but that only is to address the argument that it may actually they may actually serve themselves by doing it. They may, but it's going to be up to them what they do. That's the point. Yeah, under the current system, that's right. That that's that's the point. Yeah, and I think we right. probably have to. All right, so let's let's wrap it up here. You want to tell uh, tell tell people what your practice is and how they could, if they need to get a patent. You can contact Sandy. No, I actually don't uh, write patents. I am a patent lawyer. Patent litigator? I, I'm, but I'm a patent litigator. Okay, if you need to file a patent lawsuit, contact Sandy. Absolutely. What's your website? It's uh, www.sethlaw.com, and you can email me personally at ss, so my initial Sandy Seth, ss at sethlaw.com. I'll put, that, I'll put it in the show notes, too. All right, it's been fun. That's, appreciate it. I appreciate it too. Thank you. All right.